In this episode, I'll answer a student's question about how sometimes when riding, her horse gets too close to the fence and her legs get rubbed into the arena boards. (laughs) Ouch. She shares what her instructor has told her to do, and of course, I'll share what I think and give a blueprint for problem-solving such things. So here we go. Episode 165, Ask Karen Anything. Hi, I'm Karen Rolfe, and welcome to Horse Training in Harmony. This podcast is about you making progress with your horse in a way that you both can love. It's about learning how to move and be in harmony. Because yes, you really can develop a horse to be both athletic and happy. When we show up as our best selves for our horses, our horses will show up for us. So let's get started. Hello, Karen here, and uh, yeah, welcome to another episode of the pod. I can't believe I've done, this is 165 of these. I just keep talking, and thank you for listening. All right, Uh, I recently, when I was looking on Facebook, had noticed um, this question was asked in the Dressage Naturally Land Facebook group, and it had gotten you know, a lot of engagement, a lot of people were answering the question. And I thought, oh, this is kind of interesting to hear the question. And then also hear the answers. And then uh, I got a little notification and saw that Colleen had actually sent in the question to, um, I have a little account where you can click and uh, record a question. I'll leave the link uh, to that in the show notes. So I was super happy to see it. Uh, Because I thought, well, now I can take a crack at (laughs) answering it. Uh, So her question is not uncommon. And also her trainer's solution that she gave uh, is also not uncommon. Uh, So I'm really glad that she's reached out and is looking for more help because it sounded like her instincts uh, were telling her that the solution that her trainer gave her was maybe not uh, the best solution. So I think the thing to do is just to uh, play her question. Hi, Karen. My horse has a habit. It doesn't do it very often, but when we're working on something that's a little bit difficult, it seems to happen more than not. Um, of running my knee into the boards of the arena fence, and it's actually um, quite painful and can cause a rather large abrasion. One of my trainers said that he is doing this on purpose and I should punish him. And I kind of don't feel that way. I think he's concentrating so hard on what I'm I'm teaching him that he just forgets that the board is there. Um, But I'd like your opinion on this because it's a habit. And it's not really a habit. It happens like once every few months. But it's something that if we could put it to rest one way or the other, Um, it would certainly be beneficial to me. So I'd like your opinion on that. Thank you. Okay, so one of my first thoughts, and I want to be, you know, kind of clear, but gentle (laughs) in how I say this, uh, is, you know, when things like this happen, especially when there is some 
some pain involved for us, you know, like the horse is going on the wall and it, you know, we bang our knees and that hurts and it can be scary, you know, too. And we're injured when things like that happen. We have to be really careful to not make it worse than it is and start going into blame. I mean, that's not so, so um, Colleen, as I answer this question, I'm always going to be answering it for you, but I'm trying to like pull out, you know, step back and say, okay, how can I answer this in a bigger picture in a general way to serve even more people? So please don't take anything I'm saying personally, and it's all meant to serve. (laughs) Um, Because I know what this is like, you know, you get, you get in that situation, it's scary, and your survival brain goes into protective mode. And it's like, ah, that horse did it to me. And, you know, it's really easy for us humans to go there. So um, your brain is trying to protect you. But um, we have to be really conscious and mindful to like, take a breath and go, you know, not make the situation worse than it is, and to not be too quick to to blame. It's like, you know, I have think we have to go back to remembering this principle that is horses didn't ask for any of this. <laughs> so none of it's their fault. It's out. It's all our responsibility. And actually, um, you can really hear Colleen kind of wrestling with this in her, in her mind as she asks the question. Um, so you can hear it. So it starts out with her question of saying, you know, my horse has this habit of um, doing this thing kind of to her, right? She didn't say he does it to her, but it was like, he rubs my fence, <laughs> my leg into the wall. But even just by the end of that question, you know, what of it, like 30 seconds later, she's already editing it and saying, well, I mean, it's not really a habit right? She says, it's a habit. Well, it's not really a habit. It only happens every couple months. And um, she's noticed that it happens when the horse is being asked to do something difficult. So I just want to point that out because like, good for you, Colleen, because you, you were hearing what you were saying. And then by the end, you were like, well, actually, that's not really what I want to say. And I think that's the conflict inside of our human brains that we have to be really aware of. Because our protective part of our brain, I'm not talking about this like a neuroscientist, but more like a real life person who's noticed such things. But the protective part of our brain is going to try to protect us by, you know, seeing the danger and identifying the, you know, the perpetrator of that. (laughs) And with horses, like I said, we're the ones who chose to do this. So we're always, always responsible. So with that said, I don't mean that we're completely helpless in the situation of like, oh, well, you know, well, the horse didn't ask for this. So I guess, I guess we get to let him just, you know, get close to the wall, and bang our legs into it. So no, we, we still have a problem that we need to solve. And that problem is that in certain moments, the horse is getting close to the wall and your leg is getting squished and that's not okay. Like we don't want to stay in that problem. So one of the first things that we want to do 
is to do our best to take the emotion and the intention out of it or our our guess of the intention. And we want to just focus on what I call the what is. The what is, it's like, what are the facts, right? So the fact is that at some moments, the horse gets so close to the wall that the human's leg is getting squished and makes, you know, makes contact with the wall. Often when I hear, you know, these stories, like you said, there's an element of he's doing it to me. And I think that's what her trainer is saying, right? He's doing it on purpose. And so he needs to be punished. That's uh, good for you again, Colleen, for going, I don't think that sounds right. So I, I, I like your instincts there. And I love that you're asking this question because it's like, huh, that doesn't seem right. And, you know, I tell students all the time, like, you, you got to ask questions. And so, yeah, Colleen is. So this is awesome. Uh, I'll hear this a lot also with, oh, my horse dumped me. You know, and it's, you know, sometimes horses really are trying to wipe you off on the wall or trying to get you off or trying to like buck until you fall off because the purpose is they want this thing off them. I mean, that does happen. But in in my experience with the average horse person situation, it's pretty rare. It's that's pretty that's a pretty extreme situation for sure. So most of the time it's in reality, if we think about the what is, we can go, well, the horse spooked and the rider fell off. The horse jumped sideways and the horse and the rider fell off. The horse was um, had some pent up energy and bucked and the rider fell off, right? That's a lot different than going, my horse dumped me. He did it to me. Those are really, really different situations. If you have a horse that's like aiming for trees to wipe you off or (laughs) bucking until you fall off, I mean, again, it's like that's a really, really serious situation. But even then, I don't think it's like a punishable offense. In fact, it's a situation like that, it would be just the opposite. I mean, I would be trying to think so hard about what on earth am I doing that is bothering that horse so much (laughs) that he wants to wipe me off. You know, what does the horse need to know and what does the horse need to feel in order to not like this experience so much? I mean, think about it. if you've got a situation where the horse is like in such a bad state that he's like wants you off and then you're going to start punishing him like that's that's a that's a pretty intense situation. And, you know, the trouble is that, you know, sometimes people do such things and the horses give up and then they comply. But. I don't think that's what most of us listening, you know, to this podcast are trying to achieve that kind of situation. If you're trying to achieve a situation where you are so dominant and able to punish a horse into obedience, 
I mean, I'm, if that's what you think, then I'm glad you're here listening, <laughs> but I'm not going to tell you how to do that. I'm going to tell you how to um, be with your horse so that he doesn't feel like he needs to or wants to do a behavior like that. All right, so uh, there's some little background thoughts on the, on this, uh, but still, like I said, um, it's still a problem. And uh, let's see what we can give Colleen as a solution. All right, so <laughs> more thoughts. Uh, an, another thought um, is that the horse is not responsible for making room for us. I mean, they're really not. A lot of very nice horses do that. Um, but I don't think they're, you know, they don't by nature inherently go, oh, I have a human on my back and their knees tend to stick out about, you know, six inches. And uh, maybe I should make some room for that. No, I don't. That's not in the realm of what my horse needs to be thinking about. So if my horse is heading towards the wall, it's kind of up to me to notice because before they're on the wall and my leg is getting squished, they're moving towards that wall and I need to notice that <laughs> and I need to steer him away <laughs> from that happening. So if, you know, so number one is the noticing part. Hey, looks like my horse is heading to the wall. I have to notice. And then if I see that happening, I, I need to steer him and the steering communication needs to work. So a lot of times it's about, well, number one, the noticing, but number two going, oh, well, why don't I just ask him to move away from the wall? Right. And if that's not possible, then I know, whoa, I got to like, I got to get my steering game up a little bit. I have to have my steering so good that it doesn't, you know, it not only happens in the lovely moments when everything is easy, but that I've got some steering, you know, that can happen even in a difficult moment, even if I've lost my horse's attention, even if my horse is off balance, that I'm able to get the job done. So one of the habits for excellent horsemanship and things that I, you know, teach in that online course is, you know, that the goal is communication, but we need to be able to control, right? So there are times that you want to be able to control a situation, even if it's a little stronger or firmer or, you know, whatever, then, then ideally you'd like to ride in a refined way. But if my horse is sort of heading to the wall and I can feel them kind of committing that shoulder to it or their attention is out and I, you know, turn my focus to the inside, you know, with an ounce of, of pressure, you know, in my rein and it doesn't work, <laughs> I might make a big move. I might tap the horse on the outside shoulder or use my foot or my stick and be like, move, <laughs> you know, for like a total of half a second. And it might be a way stronger aid than I want to need. I'm going to control the situation. I'm like, turn. <laughs> And, you know, if, and then if that works, good. Okay. Now I'm going to practice that in that situation until it doesn't have to be so strong and controlling an aid that it's actually communicative. But if it doesn't work 
if he's aiming for that wall and I go to steer him and I get a little stronger, a little stronger and like, oh no, (laughs) that's not working. Well, you know, whatever happens, if I manage to nearly miss it or maybe, oops, my leg gets banged again, that's on me. I'm like, wow, I got to practice. I got to practice that steering, not over at the wall, but as soon as I noticed he was heading for the wall, I need it to happen over there. And so I might go practice that. Now, it's still not going to be punishing. It's just going to be like, well, there's a hole in my communication. But again, you can, I can be firm. I could go around the arena and when he gets to that same piece of real estate where he, I can feel him committing or having that idea, I might have to be a little bit firmer for a split second, hopefully, to get it done. And then I practice it again until we're in understanding. And then he's like, oh, okay, got it. This is important today. And then I can reward him and I can rest and thank you. That's just education. That's just normal education. That's a lot different than a punishment, which is just they, you know, punishment sort of by definition happens afterwards. So if you want a strategy of, I'm going to punish my horse for this, then to successfully do that strategy, you would need to let the horse run you into the wall and then do something, you know, aversive and, and, you know, regretful to him. (laughs) So if you think about, you know, punishment is something you add after the behavior to make them not do the behavior next time. So um, if if your trainer says, I think we should punish him for that, that means that next time when you head out to do her strategy, you're going to have to let your leg get banged into the wall. And then after it gets banged into the wall, you're going to, you know, smack your horse for it. (laughs) Which I don't think sounds like a very good plan. As always, I think you know, once something happens, the, the goal is to prevent it next time or to see what happened before that and can you feel it coming and then can you do something about it ahead of time and add in the missing pieces of communication or education or whatever it is. Um, so that's your homework. Now, another thing to think about always, and, you know, again, I'm talking to Colleen and I'm talking in general when there's things that come up like this, is check yourself, right? We always need to check our own position, our own focus, our own attention, our own body language, because we might be doing something that's feeding into it. So it was interesting, Colleen said, it it happens often when he's, I think the quote was, concentrating so hard on what I'm teaching him. So I, my question to Colleen would be, you know, I wonder if you're concentrating so hard on this other thing that you're doing that you might accidentally be sending him there or at least not noticing when he starts heading there. I mean, unless it's just this very acute decision where your horse is going along, you know, somewhere in the arena and then something happens and he goes, hang on a second, you know, and like, makes a 90 degree turn, goes over to the wall and smashes along it, (laughs) you know, but I'm going to assume he's probably close-ish to the wall. Um, Anyway, but we'll kind of keep going and address some other things. But at any rate, as a general guideline, like check your own position, because if you're concentrating on something else, 
you know, a lot of times when riders are concentrating on things, we tend to look down. And if there's anything resembling bend, we often look down to the inside. And then sometimes when that happens, rib cages go sloshing over to the outside and, and we're not looking where we're going. So it's really, really easy to kind of get concentrating on something and then not be aware of where our own body position is actually telling the horse to go. So I would, you know, I would look at that, make sure that that, you know, concentrating so hard on what you're teaching him that then that happens. I would look at yourself and see if you, you know, at any rate, we want to embody what we would like the horse to be doing. So just check that we're not feeding into the problem. And I would look at, you know, what else is going, what else is going on, right? So what else is going on in that moment? Um, Is the horse getting thrown off balance? You know, are you actually asking, I don't know what the difficult thing is that you're asking for, but is there a possibility that could be thrown off balance by doing that? Like asking for a bend or any kind of lateral work, or even sometimes just preparing for a canter to part. Um, when people position their horses to the inside, sometimes it throws the shoulders to the outside, right? So um, it, I would, you said it's when something you're teaching him something difficult, I would get really specific. Like, well, what is that thing? Is it anything that's difficult? Maybe it's a confusion, a reaction that he does based on confusion, or is it a contortion, you know, caused by the thing that you're trying to do that you guys haven't mastered yet. You're just learning it. It's a normal problem. But um, yeah, if you're both concentrating so hard on the new thing and getting thrown off balance, and then the wall happens to be there, you know, those things can can happen easily. (laughs) All right. So apart from that, what can we do? Hey, I've got some great news for you. Registration for the Finding the Sweet Spot of Healthy Biomechanics program is now open. And we only open it twice a year. So if you don't do it now, you're going to have to wait six months. That's half a year. (laughs) Now, this is our most transformative and most highly supported program. It will forever change the way you think about how your horse moves and how you confidently improve it. You get six months of live weekly Q&A calls with me and my coaches and private coaching included. And that's along with lifetime access to all the training materials. Now, the vast majority of students surveyed rated this program a five out of five, and they said that they would confidently and enthusiastically recommend it to their friends. And because of the unique exercises and concepts taught inside the program, it's appropriate for riders of all disciplines wanting to improve how their horse moves, even with no prior dressage experience. And it's also appropriate for even seasoned dressage riders looking for a more harmonious way to ride and train. You can find out all the information at dressagenaturally.net slash sweetspot. And check it out now because registration closes for the semester on April 1st. That's dressagenaturally.net slash sweetspot, S-W-E-E-T-S-P-O-T. All right, now back to the pod.
Ask yourself, what does your horse need to know or to feel? So for example, of something he might need to feel, he might need to feel that it's okay to keep his attention inside the arena. So that feeling might be something like feeling confident or more comfortable or that you're more interesting or that he's feeling more successful or that you just have more rapport, right? So one reason that horses might glue themselves to the wall is is a lack of confidence or just general comfort in the arena. I mean, it really could be related to, I don't want to be in the arena and I'm trying to press up along the wall to kind of get out. So, you know, I would be asking, where is the lack of, is there a lack of confidence? Is there a lack of comfort? Is there, is he bored? Is he just trying to make his life a little more interesting? Is, does he need to feel successful? Or is he just not, do, do me and the horse just not get along and I need to build uh, more rapport and just more partnership and non-demanding time inside the arena? So I'd be, I would be thinking, what's, what's my horse feeling right now? And what does he need to feel? And then along with that, and I might ask, you know, what does he need to know? Right. So the, the feeling might be fine. I mean, you might, you might ask yourself those questions and go, he seems like he feels fine. I think he just needs to know something. He just needs to know in this situation, I need him to do this instead of that. Right. So, you know, how can we let him know that we'd like him to be a little further off the wall? Or, you know, how would how how can we let him know how to shift his balance in a certain way that he doesn't lean on the wall? Now, a horse's natural shape is such that the shoulders are narrower than the hindquarters. So if they have if you're going around the arena to the right the wall is on your left. If your horse's shoulder and haunches are right along the wall, then actually they're crooked. So in order for a horse to travel straight down the arena wall, because the haunches are wider, the the left hip will be on the wall, but the shoulders will be slightly away from the wall. I mean, this is slightly, but um, sometimes people accidentally try to put their horse's shoulder right along the wall forgetting that the shoulders are narrower. So, um, you know, there's that a little bit of that adjustment. So if they're leaning there, you're like, oh, well, maybe I just needed to have, you know, maybe the rider just needs a different picture of what it means to go um, straight along the wall. Now, I noticed that in the Facebook group, when this question was answered, there were a number of people who kind of made that comment about the horse's body shape and said, um, therefore, the horse should always be ridden in a shoulder four to keep him straight. Um, You know, that's true. Like if you're riding down center line in the upper levels and you want to be straight, you're going to have to always be thinking a little shoulder four. I mean, this is, it's true, but I don't think it's the real answer here because it's a, that's a very controlling kind of answer. It's like, okay, the horse is falling against the wall. So I'm going to do this really fancy thing just to be able to go around the arena without my leg getting pressed against the wall. Like, I don't want to have to do that. (laughs) I don't want to have to do fancy things to just not have my knee wiped off. 
So, um, so what does the horse need to know? The horse needs to know to stay a little bit off the wall. I mean, that if my horse could talk, I'd be like, hey, I need to be able, we need to practice like staying off the wall a little bit. That just because you're near the wall doesn't mean you go all the way on the wall. So that can be done in some specific ways. It could be um, practicing turning onto the long side a little earlier. So you're actually three, you just ride on an inner track, you know, three feet off the wall, 10 feet off the wall, however far off the wall you need to be to be sure that he's not just sort of um, mindlessly going to the wall. You could also practice ahead of time yielding away from the wall. And it doesn't have to be a perfect leg yield or half pass or anything like that. It's just, hey, shift my weight and let's practice just putting our weight on the other shoulder and and letting ourselves drift towards the inside of the arena on demand. <laughs> you know, like when you when you want it, practice it ahead of time. Now, I, I can share with you um, my horse, Natia, when she was young, um, I actually had a lot of, um, of this challenge coming up. So in her, but with her very first rides, so we actually didn't have, you know, much communication at all, but even in the very first rides, her tendency was to want to look to the outside and, and kind of like scrape up along the wall. And yeah, it was a little disconcerting because my leg would often get squished. And, you know, I didn't have a lot of communication. These were just first rides. And for her, um, it was really her attention. So Natia always, she's so sweet and, you know, not spooky and things like that, but she would get very quietly insecure And so she doesn't like get anxious and freak out, but she just very quietly is like, I don't want to be here. I want to be out in the open. And so she would, you know, her attention would go outside um, the arena and her neck and then her shoulders would, (laughs) and she's tall. So she'd kind of be over the top of the railing. And, uh, you know, so I had to be kind of clever because I didn't want to start messing around with my aids a lot, but I wanted her to know like there, well, with her, I needed her, I needed her to feel okay in the space. And then I needed her to know that I didn't want her that close to the wall. So how am I going to do that on a horse that we don't have a lot of communication yet? So it was, you know, kind of twofold. For the feeling, I spent a lot of non-demanding time in the arena, um, in the arena and, you know, tacked up, ready to ride and just made sure that, you know, I was observing her emotionally if she needed another horse in the arena to kind of keep her feeling better. I did that, you know, so I, I saw that there was some insecurity. I also did more rewarding so and having her turn and and take the treat on the inside of the arena so just like that she would feel successful and that she would feel like she knew what she was doing and that she felt relaxed and calm and secure and wanted to be here um and keeping 
um, you know, a high standard for the things that we did have communication about, like her basic yields and stuff like that. I'd kind of use those to be like, hey, are you with me? Are you with me? You can do these things. Uh, And then, but then still when she would start moving, her body just kind of, that's where it would go. So how am I going to do that? So I actually, um, I put stuff along the rail. So I actually would lean jump poles up along the fence at an angle. Um, I would put barrels or random things, cones, right along that track that's right next to the wall. And I actually, because I felt her so kind of balance-wise committed (laughs) to um, balancing off the wall, um, I did it online first and I found, I put all this stuff along the wall and then I put her online and she just bombed through it. I mean, she just like kicked the barrels out of the way and crashed through the poles very calmly. I mean, she was not freaking out. She just, she's like a tank, that girl. Uh, and I was like, oh, okay, well, that's enlightening. And so I just played with it and reassuring her until, you know, the message my message to her was, you know, you could go around those. (laughs) That's what I wanted her to figure out. I wanted her to figure out, oh, why don't I just not lean so close to, or why don't I just not travel so close to the wall and I can like avoid all the mess that's on the, on the rail. And so it it took a couple sessions before I saw her actually have the presence of mind to go, oh, if I just move over here, then the stuff on the wall doesn't get in my way. And so then I would ride her, you know, after I saw her make that shift, then I would ride her. So, you know, and then it, it, went away. So then I would maybe not, I'd take half of the stuff off or, you know, maybe I just need a cone in a certain place in the arena if she wasn't paying attention there. Uh, And so it was a way that I worked with her to help her change her mind. But that's, that's what I was thinking. What does she need to feel? What does she need to know? And those two things together, um, you know, made the change. Because after I thought, you know, what does she need to feel? What does she need to know? Then I can make a strategy, right? So I make that strategy. And in the meantime, I was upping my standard for those basic yields and the basic steering um, in the easier situations so that I had a way to interrupt it. If I felt her starting to head towards the wall, I could simply steer her away again. And she was definitely too young to do the let's hold her in a shoulder four. I mean, I had really no interest in in doing that. So my whole goal was to make the easy things easy. (laughs) All right. So, um, you know, I know that that's probably not exactly Colleen's situation, but I think you can, you know, in just hopefully in me talking through how I problem solve, um, that can help. So, um, So maybe just to summarize, you know, and make a sort of general guideline for problem solving this and many behaviors, it would be to number one, take the emotion and the intention out. Don't try to think of what they're doing to you. Just focus on what is, what's the stuff that happened. Then determine when does it happen or what else is changing 
right before this behavior starts to happen. Acknowledge your role in it. Pay attention to your focus. Where's your attention? What's your body language? What are your patterns, <laughs> etc. And then practice the communication that you're going to need to be able to interrupt it. And then ask, what does your horse need to know? And what does your horse need to feel for this not to happen anymore? And based on how you answer that, you can make very specific strategies to improve those specific things. All right. I hope that helps. And again, I will um, leave the link to where you can click to send in a question, just like Colleen did. I love getting them. Um, I can't promise I use all of them, but I do listen to all of them. And um, I love having questions in there. And I'm, I'm happy to answer as many as I can. All right. Thanks. If this episode resonates with you, make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. Training horses is a long game. The more you listen, the more pieces of the puzzle you'll have. To see all your learning resources, visit dressagenaturally.net. That's where you'll find free videos, online courses, my book. You can sign up for my Wednesday Wisdom email or even book a private consult. Most of all, remember, you got this. Never underestimate the possibility for things to improve in ways you cannot yet imagine. Till next time, love your horse, move in harmony, and enjoy the process. <laughs>